Hello, I'm Owen. Welcome to Wellspring Baptist Church Podcast. We're glad you're listening. For more information on all that's going on at Wellspring, please visit www.wellspringbaptistchurch.org. I hope this message is a blessing to you. chapter 20 John chapter 20 in verse verse 1 the Bible says the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene early when it was yet dark unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre. I, I, when I read that verse, I think of the verse in Proverbs uh, chapter 8 and verse 17, where it says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Mary, she went out there early. And uh, she, she found what she was looking for. The Bible says, Then she turned and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciple that came and came to the sepulcher, and they ran both together. And the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself, then went in also the other disciple 
which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. I want you to notice that, that he saw, that they saw and believed here early Sunday morning. Then we continue on in John 20 in verse 19. The same day, Sunday evening, it says at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. When he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they, notice this, saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them again, Peace be unto you, my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. Now skip ahead to verse 24. But Thomas... One of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see his hands and the prints of the nails, and put my finger in the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then Jesus, then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord, my God. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Here's what I want us to see. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. I would say that we come together uh, on Sunday mornings, this Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, and every Sunday morning to gather together in the name of Jesus Christ because we believe. Now, we've not seen like Mary saw or like John saw or, or Thomas saw. Uh, we've not had the opportunity yet to place our fingers in, the, in, the, uh, in his hands where the nail, nails had pierced or his side where the spear had pierced. Yet, we believe. And can I say this? <laughs> we are blessed yes, sir, to believe. Yes. Can, can I say this about us as Christians? For those who have believed. The best thing about us, you know, there's, we have good things and bad things about us. But the best thing about us is that we've believed. Yes. Amen. I mean, we, he said, blessed are those that have not seen and yet believed. The best thing that we have going for us <laughs> is that we have believed yes. in Jesus Christ. And his death, his burial, 
and resurrection. This is why we even have a church. I mean, we recognize uh, now that uh, in this time, and even though it's just for a season, that, that we have a building and, and not a lot of folks are able to come out to the building now. We're watching from live stream, but, but uh, the church is still alive. Nothing has changed in the sense of God's people are His bride, the church. Uh, nothing's changed in that way. And because of the resurrection, because of the death, burial, and resurrection, is why we have a church in the first place. It was His idea. It was by His power. Because we believe in His resurrection. Because we believe that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. That's why we do what we do. That's why we came up and sang songs. That's why we, we preach the Word. That's why we tell others the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why we gather together. That's why we do all that we do is because of Him. I mentioned already that our first service in this building was on Easter Sunday morning. What a wonderful time that was. And if you remember, if you were here for that service, we, that day, we just finished the building and we gave this building to the Lord. It was His. It's His house. It's His place. And, and, and that's why we do what we do, whether in word or deed. You know, it's springtime out there and we're getting things uh, looking nice. The grass was just mowed for the first time. Right? We planted uh, some, some trees, five more trees, and did mulching, put some uh, topsoil down and seeded, and planted some more plants, and, and all these things. And someone said to me the other day, they said, man, things are looking real nice out here. People will be back soon. And, and the truth of the matter is, is um, yeah, we want it to look nice for people. But, but what we do here is for the Lord, whether it's in word or deed, whether it's the mulch or whether it's the trees or whether it's the songs we sing or whether it's the word we preach, it doesn't matter. All that we do is for Him because we believe. Yes, amen. It's because of we believe in what He has done for us. All that we do is for His glory. We sang that song uh, about the glory, glory. To his name. Glory be to God. And all the songs that we sing of his. This is what our lives are about. Is to bring honor and glory to him. Because of what he's done for us. Last week we preached on the humiliation. And how he, he went through humiliation for us. And what he went through for us. On the death of the cross. And this week we get to talk about the glory. The glory of the resurrection. That, yeah, it was dark, but, but the sun rose on Sunday morning. Amen? The sun arose on Sunday morning, and that changed everything. <laughs> that changed everything. The resurrection did. But I thought of this verse in Proverbs, chapter 15, verse 33, where the Bible says, The fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Before honor is humility. And last Sunday, as we looked at Christ's humiliation, we said that 
No one had ever been brought lower than Christ and His humiliation for us and His sacrifice on the cross for us. No one had ever brought, been brought lower because no one had ever been higher, <laughs> right? And the same is true in His honor. No one has ever uh, come higher now. No one has ever will ever have a name that will be glorified greater than the name of Jesus Christ because of His resurrection, because of the victory that we have in the resurrection. The Bible says that death was swallowed up in victory. This is our hope. This is our hope. Paul the Apostle, while while preaching and, and, and teaching as he did, he never veered away from the power of the gospel. That's what he always stuck with, is the power of the gospel. And, and even throughout his life, he wanted to know more of it. He wanted to know more. One of the later books that he wrote, uh, Philippians, he said at the end, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Isn't that an interesting verse? That he starts, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the glory, the honor, the majesty of his resurrection. But what goes hand in hand with that was the suffering, being made conformable to his death. I see this correlation a lot in the scripture that before honor is humility. Christ shows us that on the cross that, that he goes to the cross to, to die and to humble himself in the humiliation and then the glory of the resurrection now. You know, he's going to share with us his people in this glory. But also we share in some suffering. We share in some humiliation and some humility. We kind of say it this way. Uh, today we say no pain, no gain. Right? Right? No guts, no glory. Right? But there's, there's a part of this is there's suffering that goes along. There's some humiliation that goes along with the glory and with the honor. Paul again says in Romans Eight verse 18. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time. I like how he says the sufferings of this present time. You know that's relevant no matter what time it is. No matter where we're at and what we're going through. He says for I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy. Not even worthy <laughs> to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. And he doesn't just say, with the glory that shall be revealed. He says, with the glory that shall be revealed, what? In us. There's going to be glory revealed in us. We believe that. That's why the resurrection is such a wonderful thing, because we are blessed to believe that there is a glory that shall be revealed in us. A glory that's so great. A glory that's so wonderful through the Lord Jesus Christ. That no matter what we could suffer down here. No matter what. I think this, this verse is relevant 
for any, anybody at any time, at any place. Paul went through a lot of suffering. He said it was not worthy to be compared to the glory that shall be revealed in us for eternity. Peter believed the same thing. Uh, in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 1, he said this. The elders which are among you I exhort, who am also an elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ. I'm, I'm, I, if we follow this, this is a principle, I believe, in the scripture of before honor is humility. Uh, the sufferings of Christ and also partaker of the glory. That shall be revealed. There's a glory that shall be revealed. The Bible says if we suffer, we shall also reign with Him. The glory that shall be revealed in us, the glory of the resurrection, we have hope. Because Christ rose from the dead, being the first fruits of a resurrection when He rose to never die again. Would you agree with me that that is a better resurrection? That's a better resurrection than that that Lazarus had and to rise from the dead to never die again. Better. We have hope. We have hope putting off this mortality and putting on immortality. That's victory. That is victory. Ultimately, we have the victory. Now, when we talk about glory and the glory that shall be revealed and the glory of God, the Bible even shows us that there's different um, levels of glory, if you will, different types of glory, even in Scripture. For instance, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, the wonderful chapter of I declare unto you the gospel, and then he tells us all about the resurrection, and then he tells us our hope and joy because of the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. In there, in that passage, he talks about uh, 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 40, there are celestial bodies and bodies terrestrial, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon, another glory of the stars, and one star differeth from another star in glory. And so he's saying, hey, there's different, different glories, different things that are glory. You look up at the stars, and some stars are brighter than the others. And you could even say, wow, those are glorious stars. The sun that came up this morning, glorious. There are different glorious, glories, if you will. But Christ, here's the point, but Christ is glorious over all. He is glorious over all glory because as he's king of kings, he's also glorious over all glories because he created it all. <laughs> the one that made it all, the one that made it all is greater than it all. And his glory surpasses it all. And he proved that to us through his defeating death, through his resurrection in Ephesians chapter 1. Go there with me, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 19. The Bible says this. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward? I like this. His power to usward who believe. 
according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. The point of this is because Jesus Christ made everything and because he showed his power and glory in the resurrection, he has a name that is far above any name. Far more glory do his name than any name that uh, could be or has been or will be or ever, ever, ever will come. Why? Because he's God. Because he rose from the dead and gave us victory. He's glorious over all. And his work in us is to show his glory through us. He said that uh, we are blessed to believe. We're blessed to be able to believe uh, in this truth of Jesus Christ. Would you agree with that? Take your Bibles and turn to first, uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. The Bible says, Who also hath made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. He's talking about the letter, meaning uh, the law of Moses, the Old Testament. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious... So that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. In other words, he said, hey, uh, the Old Testament, the, the law that was given to Moses, it was glorious, uh, but it brought about death. The law can only show us that we're guilty. The law cannot give us life. The law cannot give eternal life. Uh, He says, hey, uh, the law was not wrong. It was not a mistake. It it just couldn't give eternal life. And he said, and the law had a glory about it. But that glory faded. You see that? It was a fading glory of the law. He says, how, verse 8, how shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious or more glorious? Glorious. For if the ministration of condemnation be glory, much more doth the ministration of righteousness exceed in glory. He said, hey, it's a lot better to be uh, made righteous, a lot more glorious to be made righteous than to be condemned. I would agree with that. For even that which was made glorious hath no glory in this respect by reason of the glory that excelleth. For if that which was done away was glorious, meaning the Old Testament, the law of Moses, much more, much more, that which 
remaineth is glorious. You say, what is he talking about? What, what glory are we talking about here? We're talking about the New Testament. The New Testament is more glorious than that of the old, the, the law. Why? Because it gives life through the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ said, hey, I, I'm going to ascend it up into heaven. But when I do, I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit that will uh, be with you, will be in you, will not leave you. It will give life. He says to the woman at the well, be like a well of water springing up into everlasting life. This is glorious, this New Testament that we have. And what brought about the New Testament? What gave us the New Testament? The death of the testator. The death of Jesus Christ. His burial and His resurrection gives everything in this New Testament power and life. They would just be words on the page had He not paid the debt. Had He not backed it up with the power of the resurrection. That's what He did for us. He made it much more glorious. Listen, these words are glorious. Glorious words because of the actions behind them. Because of Christ. Look at the end of this chapter. <laughs> this, by the way, this glory of the New Testament doesn't fade. It doesn't fade. No time, no death, no nothing can separate us. From this love we have in Christ Jesus. In 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 17, he says, Now the Lord is that Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, kind of like this, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Yes, we see the glory change from the glory of the Old Testament to the glory of the New Testament, which is a greater glory. But we also, you and I, the believer, are also changed as we are sanctified into the image of Christ. Uh, as we look into His Word, as we open it up and, and see this, you know what we see? You know what we see when we look in here? We see Christ. And as we see Christ, as we look and see Him, the power of the Holy Spirit in us changes us, sanctifies us, changes us from the inside out. Not from the outside in, but from the inside out. And as the Holy Spirit inside of us shines the glory of God through us. Well, you know what we become? We become a light to this world. We become a light from glory to glory. I was looking this week at some of the glorious things in the Scripture. There's some glorious things in the Scripture. Um, in the New Testament, for instance, he talks about a glorious liberty in Romans 8, 21. He talks about a glorious gospel. Would you agree with that? There is a glorious gospel in 2 Corinthians 
And in 1 Timothy, he talks about that. He talks about his glorious power in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 11. He talks about the glorious church in Ephesians 5. I think we have a pretty good church. I like our church. It's a pretty good church. Uh, uh, To say it's glorious, uh, it shall be. The Lord's not done working on us yet. But one day, He's going to present us to Himself a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. Oh, don't you look forward to that day. Not only is there a glorious church, but there's a glorious body. That's what everybody wants, right? Is a glorious body. Well, we might not have a glorious body now, but we shall one day. The Bible says in Philippians Chapter 3 and verse 21, who shall change our vile body, that it should be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things to ourselves. One day we're going to have a glorious or a glorified body, one that is immortal and, and, and like him. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> this is our hope, the hope. Of the resurrection. He tells us also. Of his glorious. Appearing. A glorious. Appearing. You know what I believe. I don't only believe in the resurrection. I don't just. I mean that's wonderful. I believe in the resurrection. But I also believe that he's coming back. We look back on one of the greatest events. In in all of human history. The greatest event. Is this death and resurrection. But do you know the next big event? Is he's coming back. And that's going to be a glorious, a glorious appearing. In Titus 2.13, the Bible says, Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Anytime the Lord could come back. We're looking for him. The church is looking for the Lord's return, the glorious return. You know why we are looking? It's because we believe. And you know what? We're blessed to believe. When you think of His resurrection and when you think of His his return, those two things alone, boy, that puts a lot of things in perspective, doesn't it? A lot of things in perspective. And we, as God's people, are blessed to believe. Go to 1 Peter with me. This this is the last passage I want to show you before we close. But 1 Peter chapter 1, about the resurrection. 1 Peter Chapter 1, in verse 3, the Bible says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again, We are born again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We were born again into or or born into a living hope, a lively hope. How? Because of his resurrection. Verse 4. We were we were born to something. When we we believe that when we were born Again, when we were born into the family of God, that we were born into something. We were born into an inheritance, verse 4. We have an inheritance now. 
that's eternal and heavenly, that's incorruptible and undefiled. And look at this. And that fadeth not away. This is a glory that shall be revealed in us that cannot fade away. In heaven, where is it at? In heaven for who? You. For you that have believed. Who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last day. Wherein we greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptation. Manifold, multiple. Through multiple temptation, trials, tribulations. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto the praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now we see him not, look at this, we're tying it all together from John, uh, the beginning in John, yet believing. You rejoice with a joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Wow, what a, what a packed passage. Isn't that wonderful? He says, uh, we're born again into a lively, living hope that cannot fade away, that has a wonderful inheritance with it. And, and, and because of what Christ has done for us, He is going to share His eternal glory with us. He's going to share His eternal glory. You know, our glory, and again, there's different glories. Our glory is like, the Bible talks about the grass that just fadeth, right? Withereth up. Like a, like a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. But His glory cannot be affected by death. It cannot be affected by time. Uh, and this is His glory that He has chosen to share with us for eternity that cannot be corrupted, that cannot be re, uh, uh, defiled. And it's reserved in heaven for us. We look forward to heaven because of what the Lord has promised us there and that we are kept by His power. Did you see that? Verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith. Aren't you thankful that He's the one that keeps us? Aren't you thankful that it's Him that keeps us in this promise and this hope of eternal life? What a relief to us that it's not of my own power, but my inheritance and my future, my whole future, not just here on earth, but for eternity. My future is in His hands. And His promises to me is that He will keep me. <laughs> Nothing shall separate us from the love of God. He says, 
But if need be, for a season, there may be a time of humbling, a time of humiliation, of heaviness, of manifold temptation, a trying of our faith. Think it not strange. Don't be surprised. Nothing new. He told us these things. But you say, but, but how does this all end? For the believer, for the Christian, it ends in honor and glory. When? We're, look at verse 7. When, does it, when, do, when is the honor and glory? Are we looking for honor and glory right now? When is the honor and glory? At the appearing of Jesus Christ. At His appearing. Whom, verse 8, having not seen. Remember it was Thomas and John and, and Mary. They saw and believed. And He said, blessed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. You know what? We've not seen Him not yet, but we believe. You know, people say there's uh, love at first sight. But here he talks about that we, we're in love with him and, and we haven't seen him yet. You say, how are we in love with the Lord whom we have not seen yet? Uh, our love is by faith. Our love is by faith because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Uh, it is not strange for us who have not yet seen the Lord to not just say that we believe in Him, but yet that we love Him. That we love Him. And he says that because of this, we rejoice. We rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know what I find is interesting? As he just talks about heaviness and manifold temptation and, and these things, that that our circumstances do not determine our joy. The things around us do not determine our joy. He says, no, you can have, be rejoicing, rejoicing always. And again, I say rejoice, rejoicing in the Lord always. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the things that are going to be going on around us. Why? Because of the glory that shall be revealed. He has given us. This glimpse of glory, if you will, that shall be revealed in us. He's given us the earnest of the Holy Spirit that sealed us until the day of redemption. In verse 9, he said, receiving. Have we received anything of the Lord? Oh, we have, haven't we? We've received this great salvation, this glorious salvation, I'd even say. He said, receiving. How did we receive? By believing you may be tuning in online and watching in today. And on this day you say, what's the big deal of, of Easter? What's the big deal of Sunday morning? What's the big deal of the resurrection? But the big deal is that you can know that you have eternal life. That you can know, and not just know, but, but inside you can, it can bring a joy uh, full of glory, a, a joy unspeakable, a rejoicing. I would say this, if you're watching today and you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, there's never been a time that you've asked the Lord Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You know that He paid for your sins on the cross, but you've never asked Him for this forgiveness and received it, received it through believing. 
to the salvation of your soul, the soul that is eternal, that will never die. Would you, would you today, with me as I close this message, would you, where you're at, bow your head and pray and ask the Lord to save you. For the believer, we can say glory be to God. Why? Because of His resurrection. Because of this joy unspeakable and full of glory. The rejoicing that we can have no matter what we face, no matter what we go through. Because of the truth of the Scripture. Because of the hope of the Scripture. Because of eternal life that He has given us. Through His power and through His majesty. We're going to pray now. And I'm going to ask each person, even at home, tuning in. Again, if you've not received Christ as your Savior, today is that day. Would you surrender yourself to the Lord? Would you humble your heart and ask the Lord to save you? Would you pray from your heart? God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I want to receive you as my Savior. You may pray a prayer like this as we pray. Lord God, I I know I'm a sinner. And God, I believe what you say in your word, that you died for my sins, that you were buried and that you rose again. And God, I believe that you're drawing me now to to your salvation. God, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to become my Lord and Savior and my God. I'm putting my faith and trust in you, trusting nothing else but you and you alone. I believe your word. God, I'm asking you for this salvation, for this new life that you promise in your word that can come by faith. Lord, I thank you for that. Lord, as we close, Lord, we thank you as a church for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We thank you for the victory that you've given us through the resurrection. We're thankful for eternal life. And I pray for each each believer, Lord, that you would fill us with this faith that results with joy in our hearts, with rejoicing, with, with great expectation of your uh, coming back for us. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'd love to hear from you and learn how you've been encouraged or challenged by this podcast. Please leave a comment on the Contact Us page on our website, or you could write to us at P.O. Box 641, Springboro, Ohio, 45066. Feel free to visit us anytime that you're in the Springboro, Ohio area.